0: Welcome to episode 65 of the Utah Royals FC show, special World Cup edition. So, RJ, World Cup, tons to talk about. I don't even know where to start.
1: I mean, this has been such a boring World Cup with nothing going on and no controversies and no really good goals and no surprises. It's just, it's been so boring, Virgil.
0: You're being sarcastic,
1: right? I'm being incredibly sarcastic. This World Cup has been amazing.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, I am a huge fan of international football. And I, like, hate to be this person, but I didn't really follow... I I did not follow the Women's World Cup last year. Or not last year, sorry. In 2015 until the Sems, And it's one of my biggest regrets. Because this is absolutely... Absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, this is this has been really, really fun, like seeing some of the teams step up, seeing even the teams that haven't been able to do what they really wanted to, but sort of get moments like Thailand when they scored their first goal ever in the World Cup. Like, the, the GM, the woman who has been funding them and who's literally, she owns an insurance company, she's a CEO of an insurance company, and the players work for her, like, when the league is, like, on a downturn and stuff, just so they can have income. Like, seeing her face and seeing the fact that Thailand scored a goal, like, that was a super emotional moment for a team that isn't going to probably go through, but just, like, that's their win. Like, watching Canada be really good and watching you know, the U S be the U S like it's been a really fun time watching Italy. Just be like, yeah, we're Italy and we're here. We we're planting our flag. This is our land now. Bye-bye. Like it's just super fun. And the Netherlands have not been terrible, even though you think they are because you're harder on the Netherlands than any person I know.
0: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They have not been nearly as exciting as I was hoping, but oh well, shall we break out with the United States?
1: I think we have to start with the U.S. because I think that's where most of our fans are going to be listening from. Uh, so why don't you uh, take this over?
0: Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, to still from Backline, goal celebrations, does that matter? My answer is no. So I had a journey with this because originally my thought
1: really was – they don't need to keep going. They don't, like, just stop, guys. Like, you're beating this team. This team never had a chance, you know. And then I sort of, I took a step back, and I sort of had the moment where I'm like, I ha- I sort of had a couple of thoughts at the same time. One was, you know what? Rose LaValle just scored her first World Cup goal. I'm not going to tell her to stop celebrating that. Like, that is a huge moment in a player's life when a player is, you know, getting into it. Alex Morgan tied a record from the Michelle Aker days was scoring five. Like, I'm not going to tell her to not celebrate. Like, so I sort of had that moment where it's like, you know what? I'm not going to tell them to stop being them just because they're playing a team that is weaker than them. And then I really sort of focused on like, oh, yeah, this is really on FIFA. Because if FIFA demanded teams actually support their women's teams, and not necessarily Thailand, who doesn't have a super strong men's team as well, but other countries games like this probably wouldn't happen or wouldn't happen sort of in this way. Um, So at the end of the day, this sort of does rest at FIFA's shoulders. I wrote a piece on Backline about it. Um, Go check that out. Charles Only, a colleague of ours, wrote about he was at the game and he sort of thought it felt gross. um, And I understand his thoughts. So... There's a lot of things about it. I think at the end of the day, I think this players should be able to celebrate unless they're, you know, mocking somebody or doing something like that. I think the players should be able to celebrate any damn way they want.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so I have a lot of feelings about it as well. I think first and foremost, like I'm not a player, I'm not in the world cup, um, Also, just positionally, like I am in no position to critique a woman's behavior for what they do and what they get joy out of. I think doing that would be overstepping my boundaries. Um, But I do put the blame on FIFA FIFA as well. But again, as someone whose background has to do with international politics and power, I, I do feel a massive... Bummer, because when we look at the world and we look at the ways in which money, commodities, resources flow, the World Cup is just another articulation of global poverty, of crushed feminist movements, um, you know, traditional gender role, traditional gender roles, which don't allow programs to, to grow, um, it's the same, you know, the same countries who are able to get a lot of trade and a lot of investment and that have high populations. Those are a lot of the same ones that are going to be the ones to succeed in the World Cup. Yet at the same time, um, you know, areas who have been victimized by imperialism, colonialism, neoliberalism, places like Jamaica or, you know, Cameroon or Nigeria, it's sort of. An additional reflection of these power differences played out on a sporting stage. And so I think that's something that's really, really sad to see. But at the same time, that's a much deeper issue. And these are much bigger conversations, which ultimately make it more than soccer, which create the cultures and the opportunities for teams to get better. And while, you know, FIFA can't. Stop wars happening in Cameroon, right? You know, like uh, the Cameroonian government is currently massacring um, English speaking citizens who are trying to rebel on a massive level, right? Um, FIFA cannot do anything about that, but FIFA can invest in those countries and give a shit or force countries to fund programs and not have situations where, like, Chile goes 981 days without playing a game between 2015 and 2018. And then just magically turns around and gets really good for the World Cup. Or the same with Argentina, where their federation is absolutely abhorrent to them. Or with Jamaica, where they go-funded me their way through the qualifying process and are relying on Bob Marley's daughter as their benefactor, or Thailand, what you talked about. So there are so many more issues that I see from my own perspective intertwining with soccer. And that's really unfortunate, and that's really frustrating, and that's really saddening. But at the end of the the day, um, I think in a lot of places, being able to make the World Cup is also like, yo, look at us. We are carving out these spaces. We are reclaiming the power. We are making um, this this place, this space our own. And we're going to show you what we can do with that. And so... um, to talk about actions or, you know, to borrow another academic word, to talk about performance and taking up space. I think you do that. I think Thailand does that by coming to the World Cup, even if they get crushed 13-0 and it's very sad. It's still like, hey, you should probably invest in us because this is kind of an embarrassment. But at the same time, like, hey, look at us we are a very poor nation, but we are here. And so to borrow from something that Sam Kerr said, you know, suck on that. Anyways, that's a very long tangent about my feelings about it, but I don't
1: feel bad for Thailand though. Like I, I feel sort of like I, I, it sucks in a way that like losing to a better, more prepared, better funded team always will suck. Like that part absolutely sucks. But I don't feel bad for them in the sense of, like, they're doing this in the World Cup. Like, they got to the highest stage that you can get to in women's soccer. And that is an accomplishment. And I'm not going to take anything away from them in that sense. Like, they got there and they got their asses beat, but they got there. And I think a lot of people, like, seeing players from Thailand have to, like, defend the us cheering like drove me a little bit nuts like you know what like let's not have the players that just got their butts kicked 13 to nothing have to defend the U.S. for celebrating I just I think a lot of things around this just are bad and FIFA does need to do things about it but like you were talking about this is bigger than just FIFA and this is a reflection sort of on how society is which sports really always are um so I think it's interesting I think 2023 if thailand is back in it it'll be very interesting to see where they've they've grown from jamaica's another team south africa um china if they can get back to where they once were they were once one of the best countries in the world um so i'm interested to see how ha- see what happens from from here
0: yeah absolutely it's an accomplishment getting here and i'm sure you like me you've seen the tweets that like oh, they don't they don't really deserve to be here and i think in a sense like That's a little bit true because if we look at the Asian qualifying group and the African qualifying group, you know, for a lot of countries, like funding a soccer team is just something that they can't do. There's not opportunities to play soccer, right, especially in developing nations. And so, um, like, that's not Thailand's fault that they had an easy qualifying group as, you know, and then it's a different experience in the world cup for them. I think it's going to continue to grow. They absolutely deserve to be there. Um, but yeah, you know, it would be great to have some of those, you know, qualifying groups have more teams in it, be be a little bit more competitive, but like it is bigger than soccer.
1: And I think you can know that and you can sort of have that in your your mind but at the end of the day it does come down to sort of how things shake out on the field like you look at brazil a country that is sort of in deep political turmoil at the moment um who has some really really troubling things going on and a team that a lot of us wrote off myself included i thought brazil was not going to do well and they've managed you know they they're second right now as we go into the the final game of the the tournament for, for the group stage and what they can do, you know, as they go forward is going to determine if they're second or third out of that group. It might even, you know, depending on how things shake out, you know, might even go first. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it is sports and we have to look at what's on the field. We can know all the things. And I think it's very, very important to know all of the sort of this behind the scenes structural stuff. But at the end of the day, The World Cup is sort of what the World Cup is.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And like you said, at the same time, you know, we do have to keep in mind that when Chile holds the United States to three goals, this is a it's kind of an act of opposition against a federation which views them as less valuable, not letting them use training grounds, not giving them funding. Uh, not you know paying their players period. There are these bigger pictures which if we're being realistic, allow countries like the United States and like France to dominate the world game. All right, so going back to the US after our giant tangent, yeah, they've been good. They have been great. Obviously six points, no surprises. Thailand held their ground pretty respectably until the second half. And then after that, you know, it was just, it was something else. The game against Chile was a little bit more competitive. Uh, what can you say about Endler? Best goalkeeper in the world? Probably not. Very, very good. Absolutely.
1: Um, best goalkeeper in the world is a really hard conversation to have. Now that Onger and Solo and and Barney's not on the world stage anywhere. Like, that's a hard conversation conversation to have. Um, I mean, she's definitely in the running. I, I don't think that's a question. And I think Kristen Press probably has had some not great dreams since that game. Because <laughs> um, she, like, she owned... Kristen Press tried to do a header. Kristen Press hasn't scored with her head in, like, years. And she even tried a header. And Endler was like, nah. It was It was impressive
0: to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It was... It was something else, you know. She does play for a uh, a big club in, you know, uh, PSG. But yeah, I would love to see her come take Barney's spot when she retires. Not that that would probably ever happen. Although she did say she was open up to an NWSL move maybe one day. But I think salary's got to catch up first. But yeah, that was that was beautiful. Do you want to talk about Becky a little bit as well as Kelly O'Hara? So Becky Sauerbrunn
1: is very good at soccer and I'm very happy that she is very good at soccer. Um, So the U.S. does this weird thing where they put center backs on the back line, but they put center backs on the back line as outside backs and they put outside backs in as center backs, which was delightful to watch at the end of that game. Um, And it did shift how the back line played. And when you saw Becky sort of not there to keep everybody in control you saw a change and I think that really does show that Becky does hold that back line together in a sense of like they trust her and because they trust her things happen in a particular way and then when you remove her things radically shift even though the talent level doesn't necessarily like hit the cliff for O'Hara. I think like Kelly O'Hara looks like sort of vintage 2015-2016 Kelly O'Hara, which is about as high a compliment as I can give her because I think those were some of her best years. Um she looks unafraid to tackle. She looks like she's going to run all the way around the pitch. She she just looks like Kelly O'Hara and this team desperately needs Kelly O'Hara to be Kelly O'Hara. Yeah.
0: I'm stoked on that. Um, Did you see that one tackle where it just completely knocked the tie player out? Oh, man. that was Yes,
1: I did. That was something. Uh, I will say my favorite part of the game might have been, I don't think Kristen Press was tackled once. I think she just literally triple jumped over everybody tackling her. (laughs) Like, every time somebody tackled her, she just, like, was, like, five feet in the air, like, nope, not, nope. Not going to get tackled. You can have the ball, but no. It was just, I don't know why I found it so delightful. I just really did.
0: It was great. She was so entertaining to watch. That was such a good game. Such a good game. Um, on the note of Chris and Press, uh, seven changes is a lot. I get why it happens. But, you know, I think we'll see the game against Sweden be a lot similar To the one against Thailand, at least in terms of lineup information, the first two games, not um, a great workup to the knockout rounds in Sweden, uh, considering that you're not really tested until this game against Sweden. And I think the game against Sweden, I'm saying Sweden a lot, um, is going to tell a lot
1: uh yeah, I think Sweden will be very Sweden as they Sweden themselves
0: uh <laughs> to a Sweden-like result. Sweden. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um the other storyline with the United States is so if things go the way the universe would most likely have them go They will play France in the quarterfinals, which is super unfortunate because that is definitely a final matchup. But sometimes brackets just do what brackets do.
1: And they don't weight them properly. And there's a whole fur on the behalf of FIFA. But yeah, sometimes good teams just play in the quarters and it looks like the U.S. and France are going to play in the quarters.
0: Yeah,
1: that'll be a good game. We'll talk about
0: that when it gets closer, if it does.
1: Uh, I have taken that game off of work already because I don't care who the U.S. plays. I'm going to be watching, but especially
0: if it's France. You know it. You know it. All right. Talking Scotland a little bit. So they are bottom of the group. They need a win against Argentina to give themselves a fighting chance and come in as one of the third place teams. I think Scotland has looked very good. I think that in both games, they just haven't looked very good until the 70th, 75th minute when they've turned the Jets on. I think that they're sort of sticking and trying to play defensively and it's not working out for them. Aaron Cuthbert, one of their best players, has been completely removed from the equation. Kim Little has been great. She just has not had a lot of support Um, in the last game. I think that is a BS call on Rachel Corsi. Absolutely, that's a BS penalty. And if it weren't for that penalty, then you know you're you're getting a a point out of that game. In the NWSL, that's not a penalty. But you know, VAR does saying the VAR something does. isn't
1: a penalty in the NWSL is not saying something is not a penalty. Um, first of all, I think that was probably a penalty. She put her hand on her shoulder. That's a penalty. It was so soft. It doesn't matter. You don't put your hand on somebody's shoulder in the box. You you just don't. And you're right. In the NWSL, that's not a call. And Rachel Corsi has played primarily in the NWSL. And I think I said this to Charles only of, I think somebody's going to get bit hard because they're used to NWSL foul calls. And I think Rachel Corsi got bit the hardest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm mad about it. I'm salty about it. Rachel Corsi has been amazing. She's been all over the field, but she's also made that mistake, and then there was another misclearance, and so she's been responsible for two girl goals, which is super unfortunate. Other than that, I think she's had a great World Cup, but super, super bummer for Scotland. Hopefully they can turn that around, like I said before. Need a win against Argentina in some luck. I think they can probably do it. Although Argentina has really shocked a lot of people. They have been fantastic.
1: Estefania Benini for uh, president of the Argentinian
0: Football Association. Thank you. Good night. My gosh. So, so, so good. The first game and then um, holding on for so long against Argentina. They're not... They're not a super dangerous team. Like, I don't really feel like, oh, hey, Argentina is going to score here. But they're just very, very, very frustrating, and it is great.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying Argentina. I'm probably enjoying Italy the most of sort of the underrated teams, but I'm definitely enjoying Argentina.
0: Oh, Italy has been so good. Talk about that goal uh, by Bonansi in... Final minutes against Australia to upset there. That's been great. I think Brazil has also been been very, very good. I'm excited for their game tomorrow against um, Italy, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, because Australia is playing Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I was was just double-checking to make sure that that was tomorrow. Yeah, they have been great. I also think we talked about chile earlier i think you know both of those all the south american teams have i think been playing above expectations without a doubt it's been a lot of fun to watch especially with how many struggles those countries have had trying to get leagues going and you know get actual pay for those leagues it's been it's been really really cool to see that um so moving to New Zealand, do you want to take over and talk about New Zealand a little bit?
1: So Tom Sirmani's is not a great coach. He's an, he's an amazing person. He brings a level of professionalism and a level of sort of cachet to the team. They have not looked good. Like in the way that New Zealand can look good, they just haven't. They've, they've played defense well, um, but I just I don't think – that Tom Sermani is the coach of anybody's future, but he's an amazing coach at getting everybody to
0: sort of a level surface where you can build on. Yeah. They had so many problems with that before too. So I think Sermani was a great quick hire for stability, but they're not going to compete for anything until I think one, they get a better offense, but two, you need a better coach as well. They were fantastic against Holland. I was so frustrated. Admittedly, um, I don't know what Holland was doing for half that game, and they definitely didn't look good. But they really frustrated a lot of the Dutch attack. Um, and at the end of the game, like that, just you know, being Dutch, like jumping for joy when Joe Roard got that ball in the back of the net. But then they did this cut to Katie Stengel. I mean, sorry, not Katie single to Katie Bowen. And man, that was just like a stab in the heart. So sad. Um, Canada, a little bit of a different game. They were absolutely outclassed. Um, The scoreline was, you know, it didn't necessarily show that a whole ton being a loss by two goals, but it was not good on the possession front. Not good trying to create things. Their attack is just... Not good enough. They cannot hold on to the ball. Granted, they played two very good teams, but they just can't hold on to the ball long enough to do anything with it. But I do think Katie Bowen has been great in the midfield and defensively players like Abiersegg are really good. Uh, they need to beat Cameroon to, like Scotland, to have a chance in the round of 16. Um, I don't know if they, they can do they that. They should. i think
1: so? They like if they can't beat Cameroon, then they got bigger problems than Tom Zermanni. Yeah,
0: yeah, fair, fair. But their just attack has not been been good. Chance had a great look that was off the crossbar, but they just can't get anything going. You know, Sarah Gregorius and Rosie White are are not enough. They're not enough. They're not good enough. Um, talking about struggling attackers. Canada needs to get Sinclair the ball and they're playing super boring. They're possessing. It seems like they're possessing without purpose, but oh my gosh, their defense is my personal opinion. And I'm not the biggest expert on this, but probably best in the world. And if defense wins championships, then they are doing it even if they're not possessing with a whole ton of purpose.
1: Well, their purpose is to win the group and get out. Like, I, I don't think the group stage is where Canada really shines. I think they're just sort of, they're they're professional in the sense of a professional foul. Like, they're just doing what has to get done so they can move on to, to when it really matters. Um, fun fact, I believe if Canada wins, they will be on the opposite side of the bracket for the U.S. So to meet Canada, uh, the U.S. and Canada would both have to go to the finals, which... Would be fantastic. I would definitely tune in for
0: that game. Oh, absolutely. That would be incredible. I don't know if Canada will get there, but it would be interesting to see. Um, to your point, a little bit, um, speak to it. I agree. Like, there's a purpose, but in my eyes, there is a difference between being threatening and looking dangerous. I think that Canada is kind of threatening with the ball but they're not dangerous. Like, I don't think that, Oh, you know, they're going to get a goal here in this specific instance. I think um, the Netherlands will really be a test for that defense, but I think offensively it may be a little bit easier than New Zealand. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. They got to get Sinclair the ball. And I think someone outside of Prince needs to be able to create, they're doing just fine. Um, and the midfield is obviously fantastic with Schmidt and, you know, Desiree Scott. And the back line is, is perfection. But come come the round of 16, you can't play for a penalty shootout, you know?
1: I mean, you can if you have people who can take penalties, but it's not the smartest strategy in the
0: world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um other random thoughts. So wish Australia's defense was better.
1: Yeah, their defense is not good.
0: Like,
1: Australia does not look like a great team, but Sam Kerr and company are so entertaining to watch that it almost defies good or bad and just becomes entertainment.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the thing about Australia's backline is that individually or like at least a couple years ago, the backline on an individual player level, like isn't horrendous. It's something about playing together plus Claire poking horn. She's just so bad. So, so bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um, I, and I don't know. I don't know what they do, but the Australians, they're going to have a challenge of it. Like it basically has to be Ford and Kerr need to score four or five goals a match
0: yeah yeah i i like to compare them to the dutch team a lot although i think the dutch defense is probably a step better where um your midfield and your defense is like kind of struggling but you can probably get by by just winning the shootout Not in terms of a penalty shootout, but, you know, in terms of an attempt shootout, in terms of getting those chances and those opportunities. But I think if Australia is going to go far, which I think a lot of people predicted they'd, you know, they'd be able to, they really need to shore up a lot of that.
1: I do like that you've called them three different names over the course of this uh, podcast. You've called them the Netherlands, the Dutch and Holland. Got to mix it up. Those are my girls. I'm just... I'm waiting for the ladies in orange to be <laughs> the oranges. next moniker for the team. Orange lionesses. <laughs> I'll find... Is it like an, a it linus with a, a creamsicle? Is that what, is that what <laughs> it is?
0: <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs> what is it with you and li- teams with lionesses as mascots? You have... You have uh, Utah, you got the Netherlands. Are you trying to orchestrate some uh, players from Holland coming to the NWSL? Is that your next great
0: plan? Um, Honestly, that would be a dream come true. I'd love to see Vanda Donk here. I know um, there is a relationship between Katie Stengel, and I forget who who in the front three it is. they were roommates at some point. I would love for that to happen. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Dreams. I would would be happy to to see a few uh, Dutch players over in the league. No doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope they can step it up because they've, they have a lot more firepower than what they've been doing, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Any other teams you want to talk about?
1: Um I'm very interested to see what happens uh with the Italians as they go forward. I feel like you know, France and Italy are not that far away, and I think that's gonna be super fun. We should probably also talk about France.
0: Oh yes, 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 yes. Um gosh. Um Wendy Renard for um Golden Boot kind of not it, an option anymore. It's
1: possible. No, it's it's still. She scored another one today. Yeah, she's
0: on three, and if we give her the own goal, it's four. Um, <laughs> well,
1: they don't give her the own
0: goal, so she's I got know, three. I know. Um, I think it's Alex Morgan's. You know, score five goals in a game, and you know, obviously she could go. Uh, she could go scoreless the rest of the World Cup. I don't think she will. Yeah, but she could. Yeah, I think. I think for someone to rip that title from her, they're going to have to get seven. I think she's got two more goals this World Cup at least. Although there yeah, have been three hat tricks. There have. Yes. So we'll see. I just
1: want Wendy Renard to have good things. I Big Wendy is one of my personal favorites. Yes. Also Sarah Buhati. Like, I, I should not like Sarah Buhati as a player. I have no like connection to France. Like I have no connection to her. I just, I watch her and I can't look away. I I'm, she has to win the golden gloves or this world cup will not be complete for me. <laughs>
0: um, for those, uh, not as much in the loop. So Winnie Renard is a six foot two center back for France, originally born in Martinique, I think, um, she is the Becky Sauerbrunn of the French background. Yeah, basically. And then um, the uh, Bugatti is their keeper.
1: Yes. Yeah. And she is insane. Like, she is insane. She will do things like go out to the corner and, like, try to, like, trap a player in the corner and just leave the goal. Like, she will, Buhati. Every <laughs> match, there's a Buhati somewhere in there. Like it's a, it's a, it's a just a thing that happens. But she also will make these saves that are truly mind-bendingly incredible. So it, it's she's a contradiction, and I enjoy watching her play like almost no <laughs> other player.
0: Um, does she also play for Olympic Lyonnais? I believe she does party that that french team is just you know a lot of teams are just stacked with the best club team just players on that and that's really interesting to see although i believe the united states and thailand are the only two teams where every single person on the roster for the national team plays domestically as well
1: yeah but you know I I would like a couple of I see I don't think that you need to necessarily all play for like and basically let me rephrase that it's weird to me with Canada because I understand like there are some Canadians that play in different leagues but like the NWSL is the domestic league of Canada oh, yeah. like it just is
0: Oh yeah for sure I I don't have a problem with it either I think it's you know it's great if people are playing in different countries, you know, really that's what you need. You need more players from Thailand or from, um, you know, other countries to be playing in places like Spain or, um, you know, the, uh, German league or the French league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to really get good and be able to compete and have that sort of infrastructure, That while not comparative, you know, to obviously uh, men's sides is still, you know, beneficial.
1: Yes. Um, Let's see. Anybody else? I want Amadine Henry to come back to the league, but she would only go back to Portland. So that (laughs) wouldn't help me uh, with any of the writing I would do. I would love Big Wendy just to just show up on a team and be like, I just, I own this now. This is mine. (laughs) Yes. Uh, give me the trophy now. Yeah, Just sh- give it. Give, give me your
0: ugly trophy and I shall add it to my collection. Yeah. She is uh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, if you're not familiar with the World Cup, which I don't blame you, um, or the international game, which I wasn't until recently, um, and follow Real Salt Lake, uh, take Hamasin Olave, but better off of corner kicks and more likely to get into the box. But absolutely incredible.
1: For American fans, if you take all of the style of Kelly O'Hara and all of the (laughs) center-backness of Becky Sauerbrunn and you put them into one person with amazing hair, you get Big
0: Wendy. (laughs) Big Wendy. Love it. Um, Yeah. um, Some other teams in this tournament that I'm kind of excited about. Kind of excited about England. Uh, I really like the story of Spain, although they should have they should should have gotten a draw against germany cuz that is some of the worst goalkeeping i've ever seen in my life you make a great save and then you sit there for like 3 seconds and just watch the ball go in when you could have just taken a few steps and picked it up horrible miscommunication there but i think spain has been exciting and you know frankly they won i think i don't think i think they won all their games, didn't even get a draw through qualifying and really surprised some people. And they've been, they've been really, really good. Um, I would maybe love to see a a Vero pipeline. I doubt it, but I think that would be really, really cool because a lot of those players are very flashy and it's a very fun team to watch much like Italy.
1: I think Vero should just call in all of her favors and bring all of her friends to the NWSL. I feel like Vero knows every single person we've mentioned. Oh,
0: absolutely. You know, then again, Vero is, you know, unabashedly the greatest Spanish female football player ever. Which She's also a FIFA legend,
1: which is kind of funny because she technically really should be playing, not even technically, she should be playing for Spain. And FIFA's like, yeah, you're a legend. And Spain's like, no, we're not going to call you up. And it's like, really, Spain? Really? I mean,
0: there's a ton of problems with, you know, the way the coach has treated people and the organization. And even though they've had some things there, um, you know, Vero has been someone who I don't want to, you know, compare her to... Hitterberg, but sort of in a way they've you know she, she's been someone to stand up for herself and done a lot of good things and been an incredible advocate and so I think that that probably burned a few bridges although at the end of the day if you know you're standing up for something which is right that's definitely a good thing and making change yeah uh anything else have I guess so what team has been the biggest letdown for you in terms of your predictions. Mine has been Jamaica. And honestly, looking back, it was a hundred percent, my own naiveness that I thought Jamaica was going to get out of this group because they have done nothing. I think if in the next couple years, if they can get a defense, which shows up in a little bit of a better midfield, I think they'll be okay. Um, but I think that bunny Shaw and Some of the players around her have potential to be very, very good, but they've just been obliterated with no support either from their federation or in the attack outside of, you know, Bunny Shaw. So that was a prediction that I was horribly, horribly wrong on. I I feel like
1: Australia is my pick. Like I feel like I was super enthusiastic and, You know, they had some injuries before the tournament and stuff. But I just, I was so happy for Australia. And I'm like, oh, they're in third right now. They'll probably get out of their group. I can't see them not. But still, it's just, I expected so much more.
0: Yeah. They are definitely playing under. But as we talked about, so much of that comes down to defense. So much of that comes down to defense. Um, On the note of Australia, though, so every player, present and former for the Utah Royals has played in this tournament. Um, Torsness has two sub appearances and Katrina Gorey has two sub appearances as well. We'll see if that continues, but it's good to see names that we're familiar with, you know, still being able to do their thing on the world stage, especially considering that both of those players either had an injury when they left the club or um, if you're Katrina Gorey suffered a horrific one, right after you left. So good to see those types of things. Um, who do you think wins it all? Oh, France, France,
1: France. I think it's France or I think it's the winner of the U S versus France game. Like if the U S wins, if the U S beats France in Paris, I think they go, I think they go through, um, and they win all I think if France beats the US like I can't see anybody else taking them out after
0: that yeah I think that quarterfinal game is definitely an unofficial final or at least if you were to take the two best teams in the tournament on paper that is what the ideal final would look like or I guess not ideal because surprises are great but in terms of just rankings predictions you know just capability. Those are the two best teams in the tournament. And so if you're basing your final off that, that is a a final game those two teams meeting up.
1: Yeah, that's it sucks that they're going to meet then, but could you imagine if the US like had that game and then faced Canada in the final? Like that would
0: be that would be incredible. Oh yeah. That would be cool. That would be cool especially with some of that bad blood and some of that bad blood which was restarted or yeah restarted up again with uh some of those comments on the celebrations
1: guys don't send death threats to players please oh for real i don't care if they're current players or former players don't send death threats please yeah so messed up on so
0: many levels just because you disagree with someone does not mean uh they should die Um, that is official scripture from the Utah Royals FC show. Don't kill people you disagree with. Um, (laughs) Just mute them on Twitter. Yeah, for real, for real. Um, Any other thoughts? I guess that'll be it. Well, the next time we'll talk,
1: we'll know uh, a lot more about the U.S.'s path to the final, and I'm looking
0: forward to it. That we will, that we will. Send us your predictions, your thoughts, things that you've been impressed about i know that there are some folks on twitter when we asked who said that they were um a little bored of the group stage and um i personally disagree i think it's been super fun and you know a lot of that may come down to just not knowing names but other people may view the game differently as well but i know a lot of folks are really excited about once the round of 16 uh picks up so chat with us about that leave us your predictions what, what you think is going to happen uh, love to hear that from all y'all um, again thanks for listening to another edition of the utah royals fc show we will chat next week